Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Every morning, Darren Armstrong talks Big Brother looking at the stuff from yesterday. All the drama, all the strategy and silliness from Theo to HOH. Every single season, you know he is the reason. You know what's happening. Rob said that he could do it. Tomorrow he will do it again. Hello, everyone, and good morning. Welcome to our live feed update for August 9th. I'm your host, Aaron Armstrong, and with me today is Asia. How are you doing, Asia? Hey, Taryn. Um, I'm doing great. I am loving the season. I'm just loving every day I get to catch up on feeds at night. Yes, uh, it's been very fun. We are here to update you guys on everything that's been happening on the Big Brother 22 live feeds yesterday. And yesterday it was day four in the Big Brother 22 house. And we have a lot of things happening, a lot of things coming together Um, again. I'm going to, you know, I feel like these updates they they kind of uh, sometimes they're like uh, there's not a lot that's going on. And they're very like fun um, and like we just like uh, do a lot of impressions and stuff and it's great. Right. Uh, and then other times it's like so info packed. I'm like, oh, man, it's like this is going to be I have to do so many things in this one. <laughs> so uh, this is probably like I just feel like there's a lot to talk about here. I think I tried to condense uh, as much as I could to make it uh, easy to understand because there are so many conversations happening and so much is changing that. That uh, it's, you know, it, it's uh, it's it's interesting. This first week, it's a it's a new challenge for me. So, yeah, uh, it's, it's a balance, too, because, you know, we have to remember besides BBOTT, we don't ever get this first week. So we're just it's like, what do I focus on? Do I really take all of these alliances seriously that these people are forming on day three, day four? Or, you know, do I do they have some merit? Um, so it's really, really having to fill it out this first week. Yeah. Uh, so we started the day with Kaser and Memphis. Still feels weird to say that. <laughs> um, <laughs> Kaser um, was was really trying to pump Memphis up about uh, like, let's let's make a team. Let's save Keisha. Let's <laughs> let's do this. Let's make this happen. And Memphis is just like, I don't, I don't know, man. 
They just have such different energy in the morning. Like, you know, Casey's going to be that guy that's like walking in the yard, having these great conversations at 8 a.m. And Memphis seems like he just wants to chill, have his coffee and just worry about his morning, not talk about any type of strategy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, that was pr- pretty much it. Uh, like, um, Kaser is really trying to like be like, we need to come together. And Memphis uh, was is is giving not giving him much. Like, I don't really want to win the veto and save him or anything. Um, I, I like I don't I don't think that would be great. Um, and Kaser's like, okay, well, what are you? Are we? Are you not putting all your eggs in the Keisha basket? Uh, and Memphis is like, nah. Case um, is like, all right, that's that's all I needed to know. <laughs> They're on such different pages because I think Kaser has this this like assumption, like old schoolers just need to stick together. Like me, Janelle, Keisha, Memphis. If we can just stay solid against all these new guys, then we'll be fine. But Memphis is like, no, I'm just getting to know the rest of the guys and. He, like that's what he's thinking internally like he's getting to know Cody he's getting to know um Tyler and even might like you could consider Enzo one of the old schoolers but it just Memphis is not on the same page and I think Kaser needs to realize that earlier or sooner rather than later because that's mm-hmm. gonna bite him in the butt having these early morning conversations and he says the wrong thing yeah, and that's the thing. He, I think he does realize it after this conversation. He'll mm-hmm. he'll talk to Janelle later uh and just kind of be like, "Yeah, so talk to Memphis. He's <laughs> like not on board to keep Keisha." And look, if he doesn't care, why should I care? Why should we care? Uh Kaser and Janelle will not be uh pushing too hard to save Keisha. Right. Unfortunately, but then, you know, it's with Keisha and Kevin being a block who who wants either one to go home. I mean, I I literally could think of reasons why either one could go home and it's all to the benefit of my other faves in the house. So I don't even I don't even know if it's in their best interest to keep Keisha or to send Keisha home because things could play out so differently um, even in the next few days. Yeah. So after this conversation, Memphis is going to actually go up and talk to Cody. Um, and he basically fills Cody in on everything that Kaser was saying. Um, <laughs> it's uh, bad news for K. Not that there needed to be any worse news for Kaser, but um, it's very clear here that Memphis is at the very least um, willing to play both sides and realizes that Cody's side has the power right now. And so this conversation is very much like, uh, like, I mean, it's us, obviously, Uh, you know, the caser's trying to do this thing. But, you know, we know it's it's this. Um, And uh, and Memphis would like to put a group together with Cody um, that consists of themselves, Danny, Bailey, Tyler and Christmas. Um, And Cody kind of like humors this idea. But he doesn't really contribute to the like, oh, yeah, and I would want this person and I would mm-hmm. want this person. Um, he's kind of just kind of like, yeah, yeah, that would that'd be fine. That'd be cool. <laughs> uh, and we're going to see later that Cody is making groups, but uh, it's not that group. Right. Like, I don't think I heard Christmas as a part of any of Cody's other groups that he wants to form. But I think that it's good on Cody to not shut it down, take in the information. But it's not good on Memphis because he clearly thinks he's in good with Cody. I don't know if they're you know, any pre-gaming going on there. I know you even pointed out on Twitter, like maybe they even had a conversation right before the feeds came on. 
But I think that Memphis really thinks he's in tight with Cody. That's his boy. Where Cody is just like, he's just trying to see what is can what what can form from the uh, all the people that he likes and the people that he wants to team up with and who can he get together. And Memphis may not be a part of that. Yes, and I and I do apologize to the chat. I did misspeak. Uh, it was Taylor actually that uh, that Memphis <laughs> yeah. was interested. No, in don't you mean with. Trevor? <laughs> Trevor Trevor is, is later with Keisha um, so okay I, I I'm not I wasn't sure where to fit this but I I, I just uh I had a I had a crackpot theory uh last night um I that um I was thinking about Cody and the the fact that Cody initially wanted to nominate Kaser and Keisha, not Kaser and Janelle. It was Franzel that pushed Janelle on to mm-hmm. Cody and Cody never actually agreed to that. We just kind of assumed that he would because it makes sense that if you put up Kaser, you'll also put up Janelle. Um, and so we kind of always saw, thought of that, but like he never agreed to it. Um, and he never really, I think, expressed any interest in wanting Janelle to go home, which is probably what would have happened if he had put Janelle on the block. And I think he knew that. Also, um, he's and he's confirmed multiple times afterward that he always wanted Keisha. Uh, so he always wanted Kaser to be the one to go. Kaser was always his target. Um, he wanted Janelle to stay and he expresses multiple times today the day that we're talking about that he actually wants to work with janelle um and so i'm thinking through this i think i think that cody never intended on putting janelle on the block i think the caser played in this competition and he won it and he saved janelle but i don't think he needed to save janelle i think janelle actually would have been safe um and if anything caser kind of screwed things up by really planting this uh flag and making them this big duo target um because i don't think uh, cody was going for janelle and perhaps the reason is that they kind of like were planning on working together from before the season. Right. <laughs> I just, you know, I don't have anything about pre-game. Well, you know, okay, yes, I do have something against pre-gaming because you would think that it would be fair. Okay. The fact that these all-stars did pre-game, fine. We're past that. The season has started. But can you please at least explain <laughs> on the feeds to us who you pre-gamed with and what deals were made. I think I just I think that's what we're missing. Like we're seeing all of these other conversations happening. We're seeing people form these alliances, but we can't connect the dots if we don't know what happened pre-game. I just want a, a quick rundown of who you, who you agreed to work with pre-game. Of course it can change, but I just need that transparency from them and they're not giving us giving us that. Yeah. Um and so because we had heard the rumors were that Janelle was pre-gaming hard um, and she came into the house and was like, well, wait, where is this? Where, where are the results of this? Where are the fruits of her labor? Um, but so here's the thing. Janelle talks a lot about um, like, oh, I, this person followed me on Instagram and started watching all my stories. And I think that that's code for we pre-gamed. She, she said, I was expecting Hayden to come here. Because he was watching all my stories. And it's like, 
that can't be the extent of your pre-gaming, right? Like, it's not like yeah. a bunch of people started following you and watching your stories and then you never talked to any of them and that was all they did to pre-game. They're just like, I need to do some research on Janelle. Let me watch her Instagram stories and nothing else. Um, I, I'm, I think that that is her code for we talked in the pre-game. Yeah. Um, and so it makes sense to me that, okay, Cody and Janelle probably had some kind of understanding or, and, and, and to be clear here as well, when I say pre-gaming, like the extent of the pre-gaming was likely, hey, would love to work with you on the season. Right. Here, maybe, maybe here are some other people that we could work with. Maybe a couple of conversations. It's basically equivalent to like one good starting conversation in the house itself, which mm-hmm. like, it's it's not that big of a deal. It can be hard to have that one bi- good starting conversation because it's so many people and it's hard to get time alone. But like, it's not that big. It's not like they planned the entire season together. Uh, like, there's not a whole lot that you can do there in the preseason. But I think that that's perhaps what it was. And so going along with this theory, if Cody wanted to work with Janelle and he wanted to take Kaser out of the way so that he could work with Janelle, um, it, it kind of makes a little bit of sense. It's, it also makes sense why he would put Keisha on the block next to Kaser because he might feel the same way about uh-huh. Memphis. Mm-hmm. If he had an understanding with Memphis, but doesn't want to work with Keisha, then he puts Kaser and Keisha on the block. If either one of them goes, then he's gotten rid of the partner of one of the people he wants to work with from perhaps the pregame. Um, so that makes some sense. Now, we also heard Cody say that he was really surprised to see Kaser there. Um, I don't think Janelle told anyone in her pregaming that Kaser was going to be there. And mm-hmm. so Cody sees Kaser after having talked to Janelle and he's like, whoa, since when is Kaser? Kaser's obviously going to be your number one. Maybe that's why he wanted to target Kaser in the first place. And if Janelle also had an understanding with somebody like Danny, And Danny came in and saw Kaser. She was probably also like, whoa, what's going on here? And maybe that's why Janelle trusts Danny so much because she feels she had this thing. And Danny's like, I don't really know if I can trust Janelle and Kaser together. Everybody's fan uh, boying over them. Uh, Like this is this is ridiculous. Um, So like I, I think that, you know, again, perhaps this is sort of where all of this is coming from here uh when it comes to the uh you know what's what's going on with the janelle situation it also kind of makes sense why janelle was a little bit uh like we were like janelle obviously play in the safety competition why wouldn't you play in the safety competition it's so obvious that you're in trouble here um and she was like i don't know i don't know if i need to Uh, and it took a lot for her to to actually play it and that might be because she felt like she should be safe with Cody. Right. She's like, but the, the pre in her head, but the pregame. <laughs> My question is, who would have uh, Kaser saved if he didn't save Janelle? I mean, I, I think he had to save Janelle. Um, like, uh, and, and I think Janelle, like, I'm sure 
you know, you because this is that you can pregame with someone all you want, but the second you get into the house and it's like, oh, are you going to nominate me though? Like, what's going on? <laughs> You're going to get saved. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't think that necessarily Janelle is screwed over by this because, as I said, um, Janelle uh, has Janelle is talking about how she still wants to work with Cody. Mm-hmm. Cody is still talking about how he still wants to work with Janelle. Um, so there's I, there's something there. I think right. Um, yeah. So yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think if there's anything to the fact that Dan and Derek played a major part in the pregame, you know, obviously they would have hooked up Memphis and Cody, but Janelle is such good friends with Dan that I could see him also wanting to loop in Janelle into that and that being the alliance. And so I think Cody and Janelle are still hanging on to that, but they need to realize the dynamics of the the house and Cody just Kaser rubs Cody the wrong way. I don't know what it is, but every time they have a conversation, Cody's just like, no, that guy, I don't know. It's just something about that guy. I don't know. He just comes off the wrong way. Yeah. So that that's that was my theory. I feel like it fits a lot of the pieces together. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you know, it's when it comes to the pregame stuff, it's 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 wild speculation. For all we know, right. like none of these people talked at all. <laughs> uh, and like uh, Cody just had like a good conversation with Memphis before the feed mm-hmm. started, and uh, he just likes uh, Janelle a lot uh, or something like that. But um, but I, I it's it just like it it popped into my head. And I was just like, this just makes so much sense. Right. I was I was like on a, a board with a bunch of pins and and, and, and yarn. Yeah. Um, I was like, I, I got this. I figured it out. I've cracked the case. It's like that scene from Horrible Bosses where he's just like vigorously writing at the yes. whiteboard. That's all of us. But on that note of pre-gaming, okay, so I think that yes, Kaser plays a role in Danny and um, Janelle's relationship, but you don't think that Franzel make plays a role in that not working out either. Yes. So I, so we, we found out, uh, I think um, one of the reasons why Franzel was pushing Janelle uh, was that um, she is. So Franzel, we found two things like basically confirmed two things from Franzel. Uh, one is that she, uh, she is against, we confirmed now against Nicole Anthony because of her podcast co-host um, and that uh, she she actually confronted Nicole Anthony about it. She said, I know your podcast ho- co-host hates me. And uh, according to Franzel, I don't think we saw this uh, on the feeds itself. According to Franzel, uh, Nicole Anthony was like, what? my co-host hates you no um and she like started crying um and franzo was like i do not believe that he wouldn't have at least given you the heads up uh let alone like not told you to target me um so this is a big rift here um with uh with the two of them um and then in addition to that uh, it was revealed that uh, Franzel is worried about Janelle because of the um, uh, the Amazing Race situation and how Janelle is kind of like good with Rachel um, and Franzel is very not good with Rachel. Um, apparently, the Rileys tried to sue uh, Nicole um, Franzel for defamation or something along those lines. That's what's that's what they're saying in the in the house. Um, and so uh, th- like uh, Franzel is worried that Janelle is going to like hold some grudge for for Rachel or something along those lines. 
Right. Yeah. I think that the fact that Nicole, Nicole Franzel's just rivalry right now with Janelle and Nicole Anthony, um, they're just so deep rooted because if you think about Nicole Anthony, of course, Eric, her, her co-host, her beloved co-host, her best friend, of course, he told her, watch out for Franzel. Of course, like he put out a tweet a couple days ago about all of the stuff they did in preparation to full social media, like all of the videos they pre-recorded, all of the podcasts they pre-recorded just to full all the posts, all the Twitter posts just to full social media. So of course he gave her a rundown of other people that would potentially be there. And then I, I thought it was a really good, um, well, it was really interesting to hear Nicole Anthony later talking about that conversation with Franzel and just like, why would you do that? Why would you do that on the feeds? Why would you do that in front of people in a group? She's just alone uh, in that uh, showman's room. She's just like, why would you do that? Why? I would never, if I had anything against Victor, I would never go in a group and say I had something against Victor. Um, so she just did not like that at all. Yeah. Um, so, so that's, that's definitely, I, I like, it's a lot, a lot of things are coming together here. <laughs> um, it's a lot of things are making sense. Um, so, uh, so that's what's going on there. Um, Danny is going to talk with Enzo multiple times throughout the day. Um, this really was a day of Danny, Enzo, Cody and Franzel having multiple conversations, often in pairs, uh, in different combinations of pairs, but basically just getting on the same page, just uh, reconfirming that they want to work together. They're on the same page. They're these are the people that they they like. These are the people that we should be doing over here. Um, and uh, Danny and Enzo had a, a few of those throughout the day. She's also Danny in particular going to be talking with a lot of people about the vote if it comes to a vote. Who would we want to stay? Um, and she's, uh, you can tell, somewhat subtly, somewhat obviously <laughs> campaigning for uh, for Kevin to stay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think pretty much everyone on the same, uh, at this point in the day, I feel like most people have a consensus that, you know, we might need to get Keisha out because her and Memphis might have something. So if anything, we're breaking up, you know, a pair. Um, you know, I could see, it's, I, and it's a matter of, the fact that they just like Kevin, they like hanging out with him. They like hanging out, uh, hanging around him. So it's really hard to justify, even from a, a game perspective, um, sending home uh, Kevin over Keisha. But with this core four that you mentioned with Franzel, Cody, Enzo and Danny. Yes, it's great that Enzo and Danny are touching base. But I think the biggest thing that is going to hurt them is that Franzel is so afraid to go up and talk to Cody alone. Like at the end of the day, Cody was having like a, a a monologue by himself to the feeds saying, you know, what, what's up with Nicole? Why, why won't she come talk to me? Why won't she talk alone? Me and Derek talked alone all the time. Why doesn't she realize that we need to have conversations, but friends is so nervous to be alone with anyone, but Danny, she has no problem being alone with Danny all the time, but her and Cody, they need to touch base or this four is not going to be a core four, a strong four, uh, whatever they want to call it. Um, And I think that might be their downfall. Yeah, it's, I mean, Franzel is just, uh, they like to describe her as like very skittish. Um, that she's just, and that's, that's how she's always played. Um, at least, um, you know, at least since 
she got screwed in, in 16, right? Right. Um, she's always just been like, uh, like, no, no, don't do this. No, I'm worried. Um, and she's, uh, but it's works. It works for her because like, uh, and honestly, like I, the more I watch this first week in particular, the more I really feel like I'd rather you be doing too much than too little, uh, yeah. because a lot of people are just missing the boat and the people yeah. doing too little are often seen as the sketchiest people in the house because why aren't you doing anything? You must be doing something and I'm not seeing it. Uh, And so when Nicole is kind of running around being super skittish, people see what she's doing and that kind of makes them feel a little bit more at ease because they're like, okay, well, at least I know what she's doing. At least she's, she's just being Nicole. She's just being Franzel. Um, Whereas they're looking at Tyler and they're like, what is he up to? I know he's up to something, but he's just chilling. I'm like super mm-hmm. nervous about this. <laughs> exactly. It's it's crazy because even earlier in the day, Kevin was just like, you know, just upset from being nominated. He's like, well, you know what? Maybe Janelle was the one that told Cody to nominate me. Why would Janelle do that? And then he just moves forward with that assumption. It's like, wait a second. Why would she want to be saved if she if she's working directly with Cody? Like, it's a solid thing. We know they want to, but nothing is like confirmed or solidified. So it's like these people are like behaving in a sense that people are doing more than they aren't and or they're doing more than they are. And so then you have, you know, some people overplaying, some people underplaying. You have Tyler who doesn't want to do too much because he did too much uh, his last season, but then you're, he's getting left behind. Like Cody is moving on. Cody, he's like, Hey, I'm aligning with so-and-so I'm aligning with so-and-so where's Tyler because I haven't even talked to him in the past couple of hours. So he's not in this Alliance. So you, you need to be overplaying, especially with this group of people. Mm-hmm. It's it's and it's a huge missed opportunity for Tyler because as we talked about, this group of four is coming together. Tyler was the first person that Cody went to to say, mm-hmm. like, let's run this thing, man. Uh, Tyler was the was one of the few people to talk to Cody about his nominations. Uh, Cody was skeptical of Danny. He did not really respect Enzo. He wanted Enzo to be the fall guy that created a guy's thing, um, and he wanted to work with. Tyler, but Tyler has given him nothing. Tyler has been just chilling and he is now, uh, you know, not included in the core four, not included in, in in like the wider six with uh, with Bailey and Day that we'll talk about. Um, and Cody talked to the cameras last night and he was just like, I don't know what to take. I don't know how to take <laughs> Tyler. Like, I'm trying to talk to him. He doesn't give me anything. He's just like, yeah, yeah. Totally. Um, And it's like, like Tyler could be in the core of this with solid relationships outside of it, but he's not. And I really think it's missed. And I, and I, I don't, I don't, I think this is, you know, it's up for debate for sure, because there are some people that said he did too much last season Mm -hmm. and he shouldn't do too much this season. He needs to be lying low. And I understand that perspective, but my opinion is that, he needs to be doing something, especially yeah. because he did so much last season, because now people expect it from him. And the exactly. fact that he's not makes them nervous. Right. Exactly. Like if people are expect, people already think Cody in that conversation he was having with the feeds was like, is, is there a guy's alliance I'm not a part of? Did Tyler start a guy's alliance that I'm not a part of? And so he's getting all this credit for things that you would think 
he would be a part of, but he's not. And so he's going to eventually be targeted for something he's not even doing. It's like, hey, you might as well be targeted for moves that you're making because then you can make your way out of that. If you're not, if you don't even have things in the works, things cooking up, then what's the point? You're not even going to be able to save yourself. Mm-hmm. So uh, Danny does talk to Tyler, and this is a perfect example of what I'm talking about um, because she came into the house not liking Tyler. Talk to him. She thought this. He's great. I love Tyler. He's a super nice guy. I would love to work with Tyler. Um, and so this is her. This is before anything is solidified. This like things are solidifying today. This is Tyler's chance to get in with Danny so that the next time Danny talks to Enzo or Cody, she's like, you know what? Maybe we should pull in Tyler to this core. Um, and he's li- about to leave the room. And she's like, hey, hey, what, what are you thinking? Um, and he kind of like walks back. But like his body language, like he is not fully facing Danny. He has like one foot facing the door, one foot facing Danny. Um, and he's talking to her and she is like, hey, like, uh, I, I, I like you, Tyler. <laughs> I like you. Um, yeah. And uh, like, what have you been up to? And he's like, ah, I've just been chilling. Like, I was just I was like hanging out in a room by myself for six hours. Uh, and she's like, you can hang out with me. Uh, and he's like, yeah, that's that'd be cool. Uh, she's like. All right, cool. What like yeah. anything else? Like yeah, I don't know. He's been talking to me. Um, she's like, well, like I just want you just just so you know, if I get power, like I would not, I would not nominate. You'd be fine. Um, he's like, cool. Like likewise. Like mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, she's like, all right. Well, I mean, like let's 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 hang out. You know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> he leaves. <laughs> It's It's so it's it's just it's like it's so frustrating to watch because it's kind of like when like a mom is trying to feed their baby and you know it's for their nourishment and they're trying they're trying to really trying to put it in there and the the baby is just like "Mm, I don't want it Mm -mm, nope it's like they're trying so hard to get Tyler into these things and to loop him in to show him we got you like I I like you I like hang out with you I want to work with you and Tyler is just I don't I, I feel like He's just not getting it. I think that Casey not being there for one has just totally tripped him up. He just fell flat on his face. And now he's just kind of like, oh, my gosh, what do I do? I just that that was that was my game plan. That was my final two. We were supposed to go to the end again together. Like, what what do I do now? And that's just totally messed up. He needs to take a second. He needs to go to a room, reset, recalibrate, realize who's who is in the house and figure out how to move forward from there because these all these random final twos he's making like with Bailey with Cody with Kevin with Christmas just I got you I got you while us to the end where's that going to get him if he doesn't have a larger group um having his back yeah and and like this is the thing too like uh I I think he absolutely has the skills to do this like they are all falling for his charm uh and the Tyler of Big Brother 20 would have uh, had that conversation with Danny and he would have stood right right facing her and he would have opened his big eyes and he would have been like yes I love you Danny uh I would love to work with you uh let's I mean what do you think like uh what do you want to draw a heart on my leg like uh let's make this happen uh, you want to braid my hair <laughs> yes let's talk about it um but he's not using it it's like the switch is off yeah it's like yeah he's there but no one's home like I feel like I'm getting to know so many of the other house guests just all over again. Just I'm just loving watching the feeds this season. But 
Tyler, it's just if he's in a room, I don't really know because he's not contributing to a conversation or he's adding nothing to the conversations that he is a part of. And just, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and again, like, uh, again, I, I could I could be wrong here. Like, I think this is what he should be doing. Maybe he really does have a more elaborate strategy of lying low. He has a lot of faith mm-hmm. in the fact that, the, you know, any sort of big alliance that forms this early will not succeed. Um, I think that. Like Big Brother history does not really align with that line of thinking. Um, right. The big alliance, uh, and I tweeted this out. Like the la- since Big Brother twelve, the winner of the game has all almost always been a part of the first big alliance that forms in week mm-hmm. one. Um, there are only a couple of exceptions, one of which was Ian in season fourteen, and the Quack Pack slash Silent Six was really like the week one alliance of that season when the coaches entered. Uh, mm-hmm. Steve is another like kind of exception um, because Vanessa broke up the big week one alliance and she started a big week two alliance, which <laughs> right. al- which she eventually pulled Steve into. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, you know you then like you have other people like Andy who were part of like a week big week two alliance like other people like that um so like yes sometimes the big week one alliance does not last um and this is all stars and so we could see all kinds of different things happening but Mm -hmm. especially with the the format of like how the competitions have been working out where they are very physical and they're a lot more one note um the same people tend to win the competitions over and over lately and that really encourages these big alliances to do well as long as they have the right people in them. So that could be what, what saves Tyler. But here's the thing. Even if Tyler isn't part of this week one Alliance, I still feel like he's missing out on some, some connections. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he checked in with David and, and Christmas and Bailey um, on, on day two. Um, and he's like not talked to them since. Right. Um, and you know, Nicole Anthony is still waiting for Tyler to talk to her. <laughs> um, and like Kaser and Janelle still want to work with Tyler, still haven't been talked to by Tyler. Um, yeah. and like everybody's nervous to talk to him because mm-hmm. they think he's already doing other things. And they think that the fact that he hasn't talked to them means he must be talking to so many other people and they're on the outs with him. Right. Exactly. And do you think that maybe it's, Tyler not really learning from his first season. So his in his first season, he was the first HOH, right? Mm-hmm. So he was used to people coming to him. He he was the reason that level six was formed. They were like, oh yeah, we need we need you know we need Tyler in this. He, obviously, because he's part of the, uh of, he was the power of the house, mm-hmm. and so you know I think that he he just has that assumption that look I'm I've proved myself to be a competitor. I did really well last season. People are going to come to me. And that's like making other things happen. And he's not realizing he's in a situation with all stars. They all with, um, with a couple of, of, of exceptions <laughs> played great games to make it as far as they did. And he's not realizing he needs to be the one going to people and not just these, oh, I got you, bro to the end. He needs to be going with solidified plans, you know, a group um, mentality of how they're going to move forward. Um, and I think he just doesn't realize he, he has to play a different game than he did last season, last time, uh, because of just how level six was formed. They came to him. Yeah. And, and like, if he came away from his season thinking, I need to go into next season doing less, mm-hmm. I really feel like that's the opposite. I think <laughs> right. he should have been doing more. Yeah. Um, but now we are going to take a quick break for our sponsors and we'll be right back. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! 
It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. We need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we're back. So let's get back to the show. Franzel and Day check in. Um, Day, they just talk about, you know, the stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. I, Franzel is mostly just like, does Day hate me? Doesn't seem <laughs> yeah. like it. Um, <laughs> Day, uh, Day says that she likes Kevin a lot and talking about the two people on the block. She likes Kevin a lot as a person. She likes Keisha a lot as a fan. Mm-hmm. But like, she can't play the game as a fan. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, everybody was going crazy over how they greeted each other on the premiere. But it's like, Okay, is Keisha in game conversations with Day so that Day sees like, okay, I can actually trust her, not just fangirl over her. But I don't really see that happening outside of like Keisha talking to Janelle by way of Janelle talking to Bailey and then Bailey talking to to Davon. So it's like, okay, how how do we get Davon and Keisha on the same page and not just, oh, I love talking to you. You're such a great person. But like, oh, hey, we're playing a game. Let's see if we can work together. They just haven't had that type of conversation yet. Yeah. Uh, Danny talks to Janelle. Um, Danny says to Janelle, I can't believe Caser's here. <laughs> can't believe Caser agreed to do this. Um, like, uh, why didn't you tell me? That's me. That's me. That's me speculating. Um, Janelle, uh, Janelle talks a little bit more about like, are the guys working together? Stuff like that. Um, Danny basically just maintaining her connection to Janelle um, and uh, and keeping that alive. Janelle and Caser are trying to blend back in. Um, Janelle has a conversation with Caser uh, where after she talks to Keisha when Keisha's like, Keisha's just trying to get me riled up. Uh, he really gets me. He makes me feel like I have no hope. Um, and Janelle is kind of just like, uh, like, yeah, that's Keser. And then Janelle talks to Keser later in the day and she's like, uh, Keser, are, are you chill now? He's <laughs> just like, yeah, I got, I got a little excited. I got a, I look, I'm not a good game player. I just, uh, I got really riled up and I'm sorry. Right. It's so funny because Kaser's like, he's just, he's playing this like hardcore, like the other night, this is war. You know, I need to make sure that I win. I need to, if I win veto, what are we going to do? Who are we going to take off? (laughs) It's just like, whoa, 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 pump the brakes, start building these relationships. He's coming in so hot and heavy. And I think that he's just wanted to play again for so long. And I think it's just coming out of him and just that he's just like, okay, we don't, he, he's, we don't have anything else to do. So let me see what I can do, what, <laughs> what I can figure out because he, he has the house figured out, which is awesome. Um, but you have to put in the amount of thought that Kaser has put in to get there. Yeah. 
they also like went over uh, how Kaser was evicted in All Stars, and yeah. <laughs> Janelle's just like, "You didn't want to play in the veto because you didn't want to. You didn't say you would use it on me because of Howie." And he was right. like, "What? No, I didn't say that." No, right. she's like yes, uh, and so I picked I picked uh, Mar- Marcellus instead, um, right. and then that's the week he went home. He's like, right. I didn't, did I really? Oh my god, I'm so bad. I'm so bad at this game. No wonder I blocked it out of my mind. Oh. The fact that they're bringing these this up 14 years later just shows how much those two, Janelle and Kaser, love this game. And I love to see it. I love them bringing up stuff from the last All-Stars. I love them bringing up just choices, you know, from like picking a player in, in, in the veto. And I just never thought we would ever see Janelle and Kaser play together again. And the fact that we're getting this, I just I want it as long as possible. So, you know, if there is ever a week where they are both on the block, I'm just I don't know how. I'm going to take it. I don't know if I can handle it, Um, but they're just they're gold. Just even just regular conversations. They're just amazing to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, and like you know, for as for as much as uh, Kaser can you know get people riled up and put a target on Janelle's back potentially, she's played in three seasons before this. Two of them she played with Kaser and made it to the final three. One of them she didn't play with Kaser and was evicted basically the first opportunity. Um, right. So. <laughs> Just saying, we've, we're on a traje- trajectory <laughs> right. right now. She's already not evicted on the first chance, and it's exactly Kaser saved her. So, you know, it may be that thing that Janelle needs Kaser to make it to final three. You know, <laughs> like it, it that just this just may be it. And if that's the case, I'm okay. I still think she's one of the greatest competitors. Um, needing Kaser is not going to take that away. He is brilliant. So, you know, hey. It's uh, <laughs> at the very least like a good luck charm, right? Right, exactly. Um, so uh, Danny talks to Cody. Um, Cody mentions to her that if the veto was used, it would probably be Nicole Anthony that uh, is the replacement nominee. Danny is, of course, cool with that. Um, Danny is also worried about Christmas. She brings up Christmas. Like, what about Christmas as a possibility? Um Cody wants to keep Christmas around for a while. This does come a little bit from uh, Tyler. Um, mm. Cody was worried about Christmas, but Tyler was like, Shh, you don't need to worry about Christmas. Uh, dude, she named her baby loyal. Um, <laughs> like, Just get her on board and you'll be fine. Exactly. Um, Cody feels like Christmas is going, going to like blow up on someone eventually. And he feels like as long as they can make sure it's not them, then mm-hmm. that's a good thing because it'll cause chaos and it'll be targets. Um, and so he wants to keep her around. Danny does not agree. Uh, Danny feels like I don't want a player like that in the house. That's disruptive to gameplay. Um, like Danny is not convinced by the argument. Um, and that's because it's not the same argument, right? The Tyler <laughs> argument is a great argument to keep Christmas. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the Cody one is the, uh, the BS second argument that you use when you think, well, she's loyal to me, but not to you. Exactly. Um, so this is why she should stay. Uh, exactly. so that's, that's, that's an interesting bit there. Um, and uh, Danny's going to talk with Franzel later about Christmas and uh, and Franzel is kind of on board with Danny's line of thinking even though she really liked Christmas at first mm-hmm. she hasn't like Christmas hasn't followed up uh, right. like following up is so important we saw Christmas the day before um, listing off all of the people that she's made a connection to like like it's a checklist um, <laughs> and as soon as you make the connection like check off the list um, right. and, and you're done. that's yeah that's just not how <laughs> most relationships work 
No, not at all. And so I, you have to follow up with these people because things change by the hour. So if you say, oh, yeah, I had a really nice conversation with David and then you never come back around to him for a couple of days. Girl, you missed your chance. Like things have moved on. You're not building a relationship. There's no way he's thinking you're loyal to him. You're in this one closed in space. You're in a house. If you're, there's no excuse at all to be talk, not to be talking to one of the other 15 people that are in the house. But every, we see it season after season. It always happens. People go days without talking to certain people and they think, oh no, we had a really good conversation that other day about baseball. But it's like, no, <laughs> that's not going to cut it. Um, so I think that they need to, to realize that, that they need to check in. It's not this. Even the pregame is not enough. If you're not following up from the pregame conversations that you had, how how is that going to sustain the game? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, Kevin talks to Tyler, uh, approaches Tyler about like, hey, we should work together, you know, keep it on the down low. And at first I was like, oh, my God, really? Like out of the blue. And then (laughs) uh, then right after he talked to Danny and in the conversation, he points out that like he thinks that Tyler's in charge. Oh, right. He thinks that Tyler's the mastermind behind everything. (laughs) He's like, I was I just feel like there's something. So he's talking to Danny. Kevin's talking to Danny. And Danny's like, I want to keep you Um, just, you know, like I'm on board with you. And he's like, oh, thank you so much. And he's like, oh, can I can I trust you with something? She's like, yeah, like, I think there's something like bigger going on. And you you literally see Danny's face drop. She's like. Oh, no, like he's on to us like this is bad. He's like, I think. That Tyler and Janelle and she just starts beaming again like oh yes yeah good call Um, exactly yeah he's like so I think that Tyler's like in charge of things so I was like trying to like suck up to him because like he's Mm -hmm. in power it's hilarious because you know I think Danny is playing an amazing game like she was one of my favorites from her past seasons but the fact she's on the side of the house that's opposite of my most faves so I'm just like it's an internal conflict that I'm really trying to work out but I think that she is really holding together this this other side of the house of just like even Cody said like Danny's the only one that I tr- like mm-hmm. that gives me information that I want to talk to um and and Tyler she's like trying to reel him in even though he's not being receptive and then even for Kevin to feel comfortable like hey I got the secret letting her in then I think she's so well positioned in the house. And if she keeps this up, it won't even matter that she's aligned with that Cody side of the house because the other side of the house will still have dialogue with her um, because it's not like they necessarily see her as an opposition. They know that she's cool with other people, but until she has to actually make a move to show that, that that's where she's aligned, I think she's in a good spot. So she needs to continue to try to, to work that. Yeah, Cody says to the cameras, as you mentioned, uh, like Danny is the only one he feels he can like talk to uh, mm-hmm. and like like really talk to. Um, and you can uh, you can tell, too, like they have uh, a natural chemistry. Um, yeah. They uh, they they are able to just kind of like talk like Franzel is too nervous. Right. She, he, he can't like she's nervous of of um, of like, uh, you know, uh, being seen with him she's nervous of people hating her uh he's he's hard to talk to and um and my guess with enzo is that like 
the same problem he had in his first season, which is that he's so great in a group. He's so great Mm -hmm. at like keeping groups together and stuff like that. But when it comes to like those one-on-one relationships, um, there's just like a little bit of a disconnect. Um, And, you know, when you're talking to Enzo, it's like, he's hilarious, but like, are you connecting to him as a person? Mm -hmm. Not really. Exactly. And I, I I I love Enzo's just personality. I think that it's it's such a unique character type or like a, a unique archetype because typically the older person in the house can't really connect. They're they are seen as that older person, but Enzo is just so down. He's so cool. Yeah, he has all these stories because he is older, but it's so entertaining to the house guests. And so I think that Enzo's likability, just even with other house guests, is gonna take him you know, it's going to take him pretty far. Um, but he's just, I think that he needs to continue to work that. And then um, I was trying, I was trying to think of where I was going with that. Cause you're saying he was him and Danny were having that conversation, right? Yeah. Well, I like he, he was telling the cameras that he just feels like Danny uh, is like locked in. Uh, Kevin had, was talking yeah. to Danny. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I think that um, like, Danny has just been doing so well. I mean, she came into the house and the first thing that Cody said about Danny was uh, like, she makes me nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, and going back to my crazy theory uh, that that was one of the first things he said to Nicole, if he wants to work with Nicole on the down low and he's interested in taking out people's pairs, maybe he was trying to get rid of Danny at first until she came and talked to him yep. <laughs> and formed a bond and has checked in and has right. now like usurped every other relationship. You know, people are complaining about the pre-gaming. <laughs> Danny was the anti-pre-game with Cody. Right. Cody wanted Danny out and mm-hmm. she is now his closest ally because all it takes is just a little bit of actually going and talking to him and like making the connection and, uh, and, and getting in. Um, and she exactly. is now at the core of the entire house yeah. uh, and uh, like kudos to Danny. <laughs> A concept like building relationships in big brother. Who, who would have, who would have thought of that? Like, you know, who knew that that was part of the game, but like, clearly she is doing it so masterfully and it, she's the definition of you know, how you turn someone around and how you are flexible in this game and agile and you can adapt. She literally has adapted in this first week from her, like um, the the preconceived notion she had about people, um, you know, with Tyler and Cody. She has done a, an amazing job. Like you said, just simply following up has done a world of difference and has put her in a great position with Cody. Yes. So she was talking to Kevin. Um, she warns Kevin, watch out. Like, I think some of the women uh, want to keep Keisha. Um, and I, I don't think this is actually true, but I do mm-hmm. think that Danny kind of believes it. Um, but uh, <laughs> but um, but it's I mean, it's still an effective way of like, uh, like, don't don't trust other people. Uh, right. But you've got me. Um, right. You've got me on board. Um, so. Uh, that's she is she is and she genuinely is working um, working for Kevin um, mm-hmm. throughout the, the day right uh, she also talks to Franzel 
Um, she, uh, Franzel actually talks about how she really likes uh, Kaser. Um, and I think that I accidentally skipped that uh, little segment. <laughs> Franzel talked to Kaser earlier today. Yes. Um, and uh, she was like, you remind me of Victor. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, no. <laughs> How? In what way? Explain. Explain, please. I want to see the similarities. They're both handsome. Right? They're both <laughs> handsome minorities. They're both handsome men of color. Maybe, maybe that's all she means. <laughs> because I don't see anything else. Um, Kaser is does say like, yeah, I was looking at the people that might come back, and he Victor was on my short list of people I wanted to work with, which I thought was hilarious because he did not say that uh, Nicole was on his short right. list of people. Exactly. I don't even know if she caught that, but yeah, we did. Mm. Um, but it's but it is a good conversation. This is when Kaser learns about uh, Franzel's like worries about Janelle, which he's going to mm-hmm. uh, let Janelle know about later. Um, it's, so Kaser tells Janelle about the fact that Nicole Franzel is worried about the Rachel situation, and mm-hmm. Janelle <laughs> says, uh, "I talked to Brittany before I came in, and Brittany was like, you have to talk to Franzel." every day or you will be in trouble with her she was like janelle was like is she serious she's still on that and you know the fact that it's day four of course you know that conversation is still happening talking to her every day (laughs) that's what she messed up when she just listened to britney i don't know yeah um, so, uh, so Franzel talks to Danny and she's like, I actually really like Kaser. I think maybe Kaser can help me with Janelle, which I think actually is happening a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think it's a given that Kaser and Janelle are up on the block next week. I think that they do yeah. have some ins. Kaser mm-hmm. now with Franzel and Danny likes Kaser as well. Day and Bay like Kaser a lot. Um, Janelle still has connections to Danny and to Cody. Um, like they still have some ins here. I don't right. think it's, I don't think they're dead in the water quite yet, which actually makes Janelle's like, let's not rock the boat too much <laughs> right? strategy make a little more sense. Um, exactly. And it's in a, it's good because they can't play anymore in this safety suite mm-hmm. competition. So, you know, either they need to win or, or if they were in a position of, you know, going on the block, they would need to win. But the fact that they've been able to build relationships in case is, he is w- he is making his rounds with all of these people in the house. Every time I turn on the feeds, he's having a conversation with someone different. And so I think that's really helping with people seeing them as they're not, you know, they're a threat, but they're not, they're not the people we need to get out right away. So I think that's really going to help them. It's very limited amount of people like maybe Enzo and Tyler, if they were to win, you know, I could see them wanting to do what Cody had originally planned if Cody continues to feel that way, if Janelle doesn't follow up with Cody about this pregame thing that we're assuming. So we'll see. They're not, yeah, yeah they're, like you said, they're not dead in the water though. Janelle and Kaser need to uh, be the chill town of, of season <laughs> yeah. 22, where Cody and Danny and Franzel and Enzo are the season six. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Kaser and Janelle need to convince them look, you know, we're the big dogs. You need to go right. after the floaters in the middle, man. Exactly. Um. <laughs> 
You know, speaking of floaters, Janelle and Kaser did have that conversation about floaters. And Janelle is just like, I, it's just not in me to be a floater. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just, I can't be a floater. And Kaser and Janelle was also saying that Kaser could have been a floater maybe if she wasn't there. But the fact that they're both there, it's like they're being forced to kind of play that, um, that the type of game they played their first two seasons where they're playing from the bottom. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so they talk about Kaser and they like him. Danny's like, he's just not good at the game though. It's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, Danny warns Franzel that Ian was trying to make a deal with Cody. So that when, when, uh, when Danny talked to Cody, he told her about the conversation with Ian. Um, mm-hmm. And that uh, from Danny's perspective, uh, based on what Cody told her, she was like, I think I think Ian was trying to make a final two with Cody. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, hey, you know, I had Dan, you had Derek, like, let's you know, we can be each other's Dan and Derek. Um, And she was like, I don't think Cody noticed, though. Like, I don't think he realized (laughs) what Ian was trying to get at (laughs) right over his head. (laughs) <laughs> um and uh Franzel's a little bit like wow really um because she's made a final two with Ian right. <laughs> oh gosh yeah th- th- Cody did even talk about that in his um when he was talking alone to the feeds last night was that he's like man when I talked to Ian he was so normal like he sat up he talked to me I just thought that was a really weird comment it was like um I don't know. We can get we can get into that later with the Kaser and Ian conversation mm-hmm. about autism. But um, Cody seemed impressed from his conversation with Ian. He's like, after that conversation, I see how he won. Like, I, I get it now. Yeah. Uh, Franzel also mentions, uh, conf- like I said, confirms that she can't trust Nicole a because of the co-host situation and confronted <laughs> her about it. Um, so Cody and Enzo talk. Uh, Cody talks about liking Janelle and thinks Danny likes Janelle, too, um, and thinks they might be working together under the radar. But that's fine because he thinks that Danny will choose him over Janelle. Yeah, and I think they're alluding to the premium. Uh, <laughs> he does want uh, Janelle around, though, and he likes that Janelle said she'd go after weak players. He probably wouldn't be happy to hear that she's changed her tune. Uh, right. Says she wants to go after strong players, but that's probably fine. Uh, yeah. Cody, Enzo, Franzel, and Danny really come together and solidify their four. Um, they even talk about they need names. Um, Cody and Enzo have kind of named themselves um, the Roots, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, like uh, like Roots of the uh, sort of alliance, I think. But I think they'll probably be. I don't think that'll last. Uh, I think there are too many other roots um, (laughs) out there Um, and uh, Cody Enzo uh, and Bailey also have a conversation Uh, Enzo proposes a four with the himself Cody Bailey and Devon um, mm-hmm. and uh, and they get interrupted they don't really get to solidify this but uh, they are trying to pull Devon and Bailey into this as well um, right. which leaves you know people like Tyler and David and Memphis uh, pretty far on the outs there exactly imagine Tyler finding out all these alliances that Cody has with Enzo it's like yeah he took your place because Enzo is constantly in the HOH room touching base with Cody having these conversations solidifying things whereas you're just chilling hanging out on the couches and not doing what you need to do to make all of these separate fractions happen you're not a part of the roots and I think he would be just flabbergasted to find that out Mm mm-hmm um, I just realized I'm wearing a roots uh <laughs> 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 uh 
Repping for Cody and Enzo. Right. Um, so <laughs> Cody and Enzo Stan. Yes, clearly. <laughs> clearly. Um, so um, we then get uh, the uh, Ian and Kaser have a conversation, as you were referring to earlier. Uh, Ian has been sick from the slop. Um, apparently the slop has been uh, pretty pretty terrible um, mm-hmm. and it's really been messing with people's stomachs. Um, yeah. Ian is later going to tell uh, Franzel that like the, in, in you know, 85, 86 whatever, however many days he's played days of playing this game, this is the worst he has felt. Um, and yeah. uh, so he's, he's been having a hard time, like the feeling, feeling sick, uh, you know, really exacerbates his sort of social issues. Um, and, and at the same time, like, uh, like I wouldn't be super surprised if we get an ENDR that's like, I'm really trying to play this up. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. I think that at the same time, like, I think that it's, it is still difficult for him. Um, yeah. and so he talks to Kaser about it. Um, and Kaser's like, I, I, I get it. Like, uh, I'm going to look out for you, man. Like, we're both on the spectrum. Um, Kaser talks about like, I, you know, you know, I, I don't like that people talk about it like it's a disability. I don't see it that way. Uh, and Kaser says, like, I don't want to overstep. Like, uh, like I know that there are lots of different kinds of, uh, people and, different ways that people deal with things. Um, but for me, like I try to look at it like a superpower. Um, and, uh, you know, was like, I like that. Uh, it was a very sweet conversation. Yes, it was. I love this conversation. And I love that it's just raising awareness to, um, people that are on the spectrum. Um, so with Ian and, uh, the slop. So I, I remember Kevin yesterday, he was mentioning how the slop, it's usually kind of like an oatmeal, like a heart or, um, what is it called? Uh, some type of oats consistency. But this year it's kind of like pellets. And so he feels like it's like sitting in his, their stomach. So that that really does explain how Ian is just going through it. Um, but later, apparently production offered him medicine and he was like, no, I want to. This is part of the Big Brother experience and I don't want to I don't want to take it. So I was like, look at Ian being a trooper. But mm-hmm. yeah, on the t- um, with the with speaking on autism, I just thought it was a really great conversation. I feel like this is really solidifying a bond with Kaser and Ian personally that can help them in the game um, unintentionally. But the fact that they're being able to bond over this and the fact that Ian is very new to, you know, even coming to terms with him being on the spectrum, I think it's awesome that he's able to talk about it with Kaser and not talk about it with someone else who may think, you know, they're just learning about it because Ian's not in a position right now to educate someone else about it. Whereas he can learn Kaser. I mean, people are making fun of Kaser walking around the house, giving Ted talks. <laughs> like he can learn, Ian can learn so much from Kaser. Just, I mean, about many things, but especially this. And I think it'll help him become more comfortable in his own skin to understand, you know, how, you know, the different levels of, um, the different ends of the spectrum and just how, like where he stands and how to just live in, in his own strengths. Um, if anyone hasn't watched Love on the Spectrum on Netflix, it's, awesome which can give you highlight even more about people on the spectrum and just how um you know it's not it's they don't like to see it as a disability because it's not it's just a different way of learning and so i love that this is being highlighted Mm -hmm. 
Um, yeah, it's it's really great. Um, and like uh, like I, I I liked Ian a lot on mm-hmm. his first season. Um, I've I've uh, hung out with Ian. I've spoken like I, I love Ian as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing Ian on this season, like uh, like I I love him like even like <laughs> even more. Like he has just grown yeah. so much. Um, I think he has so much to be proud of. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I, I'm I'm so happy to see uh, this Ian on this season. Um, it's like everything that I was hoping to see from him and more. Um, yes. So uh, super pumped about it. He did tell Kaser that he is like I like I'm inclined to work with the old schoolers, mm-hmm. uh, and so that includes you, obviously. Right. Um, so um, that's uh, that's fun. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, they play the veto. Um, Enzo wins the veto um, and he plans on keeping the noms the same uh, so yeah, just just get, <laughs> just get that out of the way right just understand <laughs> I know people might get their hopes up because there was one little one little um, quick run in that Enzo had with Cody went into there he, he was like we're keeping things the same right um, you know or I thought hey let's just go ahead and throw Tyler up and people are like oh maybe he wants to backdoor Tyler it's like come on guys really you think Cody's going to change his tune in the next couple of days. Yeah, Cody literally of- laughed it off. <laughs> yeah. But hey, exactly. I mean, Enzo brought it up. Mm-hmm. I think that, like, uh, there's a reason he brought it up. Like, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if this is in the conversation even in the next couple of weeks. Right, exactly. Like, I think the wheels are turning because Enzo re- realizes, like, okay, I'm I'm doing well with Cody, but if I can get Tyler out, I'll be doing even better because yeah. that Cody can stop like trying to invest any time in Cody if he uh, in Tyler if he's not here. What does Enzo need Tyler for now? Like, they have <laughs> a group of potentially six people. Mm-hmm. Like, Tyler's not useful to them. Tyler's now just a liability. Just mm-hmm. get him out of here. They already have plenty of people willing to work with them. They don't need to risk anything on Tyler. It's I don't think it'll be too long before Cody realizes this, too. Yeah, exactly. So I think, you know, in terms of this week, if if Co- I, I can't I can't see Enzo trying to rock the boat to press this point home with Cody right now. But over time, he's going to drop, you know, little nuggets. And once these alliances are formed, he's just like, hey, you know, Tyler's not a part of anything we have going on. Why? Why is why are we keeping him around? Um, but I don't know if he's going to do it this week just because he's like, you know, he's very much the type of player. I'm just going to respect what the HOH wants to do. Yeah. And it's it's too big a move for Cody to do it mm-hmm. himself. Uh, week one it, <laughs> yeah. it would blow up his game so I, I fully don't expect it to happen <laughs> right. um, but uh, but it's it's you know it's in the atmosphere yeah um, so Devon is going to have a conversation with David that yes. was very interesting um, I, I think that's like a lot of things I mean even people have been talking in the house about like David wanted to work with the bros he hangs out with them after the season like uh, he must be such a broy guy um, so of course leave it to Devon on to like really just grill him like uh, yes. all right david let's yes. cut the nonsense why are you hanging out with these guys do you feel like they're using you um this was this was a great conversation I love this conversation. Like usually sometimes like these little conversations that don't really ch- contribute to the game. I'll just read the recaps or watch what people post on um watch what people post on Twitter if I'm not in front of the feeds. But this one, I was like, no, let me go back and watch the full conversation. And it was so frustrating. Production kept cutting in and out. So there were so many little bits that we missed. But the overarching, like, um, I guess, 
subject of the conversation was, you know, Davon probing if he really would have aligned with the bros and it just kind of where he stands with them now. And so from that, we learned that, you know, David knew what happened coming out of season, how people perceived, you know, Jackson and or Mickey and Jack and even like Brett is kind of looped into there. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, some bad some bad social media posting. Yes. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So um David basically confirms that, you know, I I reached a point where I was angry anytime I saw them post anything just because I knew all of the crap they talked um behind the scenes and on the feed and I just couldn't be in that place anymore. You know, David is in now, as we saw in his <laughs> intro package. Um, but he said, you know, I just wanted to confront them and talk about it and use it as like a learning opportunity. And he said he kept saying in certain things like one of them, he wouldn't confirm who, but he said one of them was not receptive and got very defensive. And David has realized that he hasn't changed. And I don't, I could, that really could be either one of them, <laughs> either like Jack, Mickey, Mickey, Jack, or Brett. I don't know if you had any assumptions of who I'm not, he was talking guess, about. But I'm not going to make the guess. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Gotcha. But it was just, it was very interesting to see. Okay. Yes. David understood. Like there were definitely, um, some like just, just acts of prejudice and acts of racism that were, um, underlying in a lot of the actions of Jackson, um, and Jack in their seasons. And just, he wanted to kind of help them out from like as a bro, but no, it was a situation where they weren't willing to hear. And Davon even points out like in today's world, you know, it is people choo- are choosing to be ignorant at this point if they don't understand, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement. And she even said something like, um, if you, because David said, you know, I was around when they said, like, should we post about this? If they, should we post about Black Lives Matter? And Davon said, if you have to question, if you have to, if you have to question posting about it, then that tells me all I need to know about how you feel about me and how you feel about you as like another black, as a black man and me as a black woman. I just thought that was such a great conversation. It's such a stark difference to what we saw last season (laughs) to this season. And it just highlighted just the, the great conversations that we're getting from them. And I'm loving that, you know, they're not completing, completely cutting everything out of the feeds and we're being able to see this, but it was just such a good conversation for David and even Davon to, to kind of go deeper in a relationship because even mm-hmm. Bailey and Davon were talking and Bailey's like, yeah, I really want to, when they established uh, their black girls movement Alliance, they said, no, Bailey said, I want to bring David in. And Davon said, he does not talk to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know him. I don't know him. <laughs> and so the fact that they had this conversation and David opened up in this way was awesome because he was speaking his true feelings. And I don't think he would have been able to have those conversations with someone who didn't really like, okay, let's cut the crap. Give me a real answer. So it was a really good conversation. Yeah. Um, Day and uh, Bailey do also have a conversation later in the night, um, kind of talking about their day, talking about the conversations they had. Um, and they they mentioned that they like they are actively trying to work different sides mm-hmm. of the house. Um, and Bailey really is, you know, in there with Cody and, and them. Um, and Day is a lot more out there with, you know, Nicole, uh, Anthony and mm-hmm. um, and Kevin and them. Um, 
And so uh, that's what they're trying to do. Um, Bailey does mention that like it seemed like she's trying to have these conversations. She just can't like get alone with these people. Um, mm-hmm. They were like about to do something and they were interrupted. Um, and so uh, they, they kind of are getting around to this. Now, the thing for Bailey, I think, um, you know, Enzo approached her about like, let's work together. The four of us bring in day um, like that's great. Like Bailey does need to make sure she follows up on that because Mm -hmm. that's one of those things that like it was thrown out there and it's it's just hanging there right now. Right. And if they don't talk about it again, it will just disappear. If they do talk about it again, their entire games will change. Like uh, it is it is like on a precipice and uh, they need to solidify it before it goes away. And Mm -hmm. um, I'm very curious to see if that will happen uh, in the in the coming days. Yeah. Does Day even know about it at this point? She kind of like alluded to it with Day, I feel mm-hmm. like, but um, but didn't like wasn't too specific because I think it's <laughs> it's not solid yet. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, we'll we'll see. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I think that it's it is very important for them to keep keep trying to work different sides of the house. Like, I think it's great that Bailey is so close with Janelle and D- uh, Davon is so close to uh, Danny. But if they end up on the same side of the house, it's all for nothing because then they're obviously aligned with the same side of the house. So I think it is good that, you know, they are trying to build that connection with Nicole Anthony separately. And just I think they just need to keep working that middle and not put their not, you know, quote not, uh, no pun intended, not put any roots <laughs> in anything just yet. But to really try to find that balance, because there is this graphic going around on Twitter of like, the structure of the house and the two ends and you have Bailey and Davon right there in the middle. And if they can keep working that until things are firmly established, then it'll really work out for them. But right now, you know, it's still so early, but at least they have that mindset that they should do that. Yeah. I mean, I I think the benefit of having of like working both sides of the house is that when an alliance like this forms, mm-hmm. you're you're on both sides of, of like uh, you're on the side that's forming and on the side that's on the outs of it. And mm-hmm. so like you can kind of like get yourself sucked in to the power structure. And I do think that being in the power structure is a good place to be. And those relationships don't have to go to waste either. Like yeah. if Day gets pulled in to this group, then she's in a great spot where now she's protected by this group. And she still has those other relationships. So she still has a lot of options. It's real. It's all about options. And the, the biggest limiter of options in the game is having a big group of people that you're not a part of. Mm -hmm. Um, That will limit your options dramatically. And when it comes to the game, being involved in that group means that you have way more options. um, And that's a great thing. And that's why like playing both sides of the house, like you you work this side, you work this side, it opens up more options for you, more opportunities. Um, And so I like what they're doing. I do Mm -hmm. think they should get pulled into this group, but keep their options open because obviously they're not exactly at the top of this group. So um, I think that they can do well here uh, as long as they're able to like set themselves up and not be like run over by the choices of the other four. Right. Exactly. And I do like that. We're not constantly seeing Bailey and Davon in the same rooms. They're pretty they're they're spreading themselves out socially, which is great. And they could you know, they could make a run for it and be a great duo if they continue to be strategic about what they're doing and not decide, Okay, you know, we're in a good position. We can kind of lay off and relax for now. But I think they need to continue to put the floor, the the pedal to the floor and 
continue to check in, meet together nightly. You don't want anything happening. You don't want Bailey getting too close to Janelle and, you know, moving up in the ranks from Davon. Um, they, they just need to continue to check in. And also, I think finding a way to loop in David would get them in um, a, a good, they, it would put them in a good position with the, the guys of the house since they're trying to create like a bro thing with Cody and, and Memphis and Tyler, you know, if that, like if that ends up having any legs, it would be great if they had David and they could be like a solid three. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, just a couple more quick things. You know, you still have Nicole Anthony talking with a few different people. Uh, she did talk with Kevin late at the, in the night about like what, like talking through strategies of helping him stay. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, Kevin has a lot of people on his side right now. Um, there's still, you know, definitely a lot of time for yeah. uh, eviction night, but um, he has a lot of people uh, pulling for him, giving him uh, advice and help and stuff. Um, yeah. Nicole Anthony is definitely one of those people. Uh, we found out that Enzo is a crayon salesman or used <laughs> to be one, but really once a crayon salesman, always a crayon always. salesman. Always, always a crayon salesman. <laughs> Oh my gosh, his stories kill me. That was just gold. And uh, Kaser is like, wait, 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 what did you tell the ladies? Like, you say you were a crayon salesman. It's like, no, man, I just said I was in school and doing sales. <laughs> it's oh, just man. so random. Kaser had a good story. Kaser was talking about how, like, after his season, um, he was like, people were naming their children after me. Like, <laughs> like there's a there's a white kid in uh, in the middle of the, uh, the Midwest somewhere yeah. uh, that's named Kaser right now. Yes. And then here comes Christmas. Yeah, people have named uh, <laughs> three people have named their kids Christmas since I was on the show. Um, uh, yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Um, so that's basically what we had, uh, unless there was anything else that you wanted to bring up, Asia. Um, I think I there was one situation with Ian last night, like because we know he's not feeling well, he was in the bathroom mm. and Nicole and Danny were also in there and they just, oh, it was so cringeworthy. They, they could hear Ian in the bathroom. And so he's not, obviously not feeling well. Um, so it would have been great if he could get some privacy, but they were just like cracking up. They kept trying to have a conversation, but then they would hear Ian and then they'd run off and laugh and then they'd come back to c- hear some more and then run off and laugh. And I was just cringing. Um, but I just, I think I just when I saw that I was just really hoping it doesn't turn into like a mean girl situation the fact that they're so close I know Franzel already kind of has that reputation of not getting along that well with women and I think Danny I mean she has her own game going on and she you know she's doing really well for herself but I think being paired with Franzel and being so close to her could end up you know damaging her game in, in the long run if people just associate them together yeah, I, I did almost forget that there was also another moment with Ian where um, I think it was after the veto. Um, he was pre- he was feeling very down. So in the veto competition, uh, Ian timed out. I, it was the one where like you've got a timer. You need to like run back and forth doing a thing or whatever. Um, yeah, like stacking things. Yeah. yeah. And, and Ian timed out and he was like and again, he might be playing this up because that's what he said he was going to do in the, mm-hmm. in the preseason. Um, but he was uh, I know that he takes a lot of pride in how good he is at competitions. So it also could be very real um, that he was like, it's so embarrassing. Like I timed out. Like it was so bad. Um, and he was like just really down on himself. He was feeling terrible, uh, sick and stuff. Um, yeah. and then like all of a sudden, you know, just like, 
And he like stands up and he like runs over. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> um, and he just picks up this little box and it's like, they gave us back, Gammon. <laughs> oh, that was that was amazing. And it's it's even funnier that later on Cody was like, you know, Ian doesn't even know what's coming for him with backgammon. I'm gonna beat that guy at backgammon. Oh no, he's not. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Not unless he intentionally loses to you, Cody. Exactly. Exactly. Oh my gosh. So I was so happy for him because that like literally lit up his world. Um, but speaking of POV, let, we should note that Enzo won. Like Enzo mm. is not a comp guy. He didn't have a single HOH in his season. He won like one veto. And here he is winning the first POV of the season. Like in his season, he could rely on the brigade to win like he he had Hayden he had Lane to win but Cody said that he did terrible in the competition Cody was like I can't wait for you guys to see it but I I was just like terrible in that POV competition and so like Enzo realized like okay I want to put the make sure one of the nominees don't win I need to win it for myself and it was like was that intentional all of Big Brother 12 him not being a comp beast and winning these competitions well, I mean, he he is like a lot more in shape. Uh, that was part mm-hmm. of his intro package. That's like, uh, you know, he's been working out. He's doing the pull ups. <laughs> um, so uh, we might just see like a more in shape Enzo, like being mm-hmm. able to compete. And and like also like, you know, Enzo was competing against like these beasts of humans that like yeah. Elaine and, and Hayden um, and Matt, of course, who won yeah. like, a lot of competitions <laughs> as well. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but, uh, you know, well, We'll see. Uh, you know, competition's going to be pretty random. Um, yeah. You know, he was competing against Tyler, who, uh, according to Cody, he did feel like was trying. Um, mm-hmm. Cody, who I think was tr- trying to a degree, uh, <laughs> probably didn't want to win, but, uh, yeah. but, you know, he was he was working at it. Um, and but Kevin so, and Keisha definitely wanted to win. Yes. And there was some controversy now that uh, people uh, have heard that uh, apparently when Enzo's stack it knocked over Keisha's as well Mm -hmm. and they feel like that is not fair I have always watched these competitions where there's like there are stacks or you're balancing and they're all next to each other when someone falls I'm like what if they knock over the other person like how is that fair and it feels like it never happens and maybe that's because I edited out Um, (laughs) because I see at Survivor is the one I look at all the time Um, easily grab somebody like they're standing on those little pedestals and easily you could grab somebody on your way down I always think about that too yeah and so, like, like if that really happened, like, ah, I don't like that. Yeah, I don't like that. But, um, but who knows? Like, uh, the thing about the competitions is that, like, uh, people always have stories about things, and their perception of it might be like, if you were in the middle of the competition, you might have seen something that you thought was something, but mm-hmm. who knows? But, um, uh, you know, well, I, I, I very much doubt that anything will come of this. Uh, this is right. very very typical of big brother competitions where the outcome is not something that the fans wanted is that like, Oh no, we got to do it over. Exactly. Yeah. It's not, it's not happening. Enzo is the POV winner. Like they're good. We're not even going to see that on, a, on the episode. I, I bet. So. Yeah. I would, that, I would yeah. assume so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Um, I think the only other thing I wanted to, um, to ask was, I want to know who is running David's Twitter account. 
I think there've been some theories that it's maybe Ovi, but I, that I, I had to follow him. I didn't follow him before cause he wasn't active at all, which is another reason why he said he was trying to meet up with the bros is cause he said he wanted more content. Um, but David's Twitter has been just like on point this season because Very the person funny. is, Yes, they're tweeting like they're David. And so it's awesome. And they obviously know Big Brother really well. So it's not just some random person in his family. Like it's somebody who knows Big Brother and the Big Brother community. Mm. Yeah. I, and this was something that was going around the uh, the Twitter uh, rounds, um, <laughs> yeah. which is that David had asked how the power of veto worked mm-hmm. um, in the conversation with Devon. He said that he was he was pretending he didn't know that he was playing it up. Yeah. Um, and David's Twitter account also said that uh, they did compile like uh, a list of competitions and like research for David to read. They don't know if David read any of it, <laughs> right. um, but, uh, <laughs> but it did exist. Um, so. But he was in the house for two weeks with Camp Comeback. He saw mm-hmm. every ceremony like he knows how these competitions at least function. Um, I so I was so caught off guard when he said that, and then I was like, okay, later. Oh, okay, he was playing it up. Um, but it, I, it might be not working for him because later I heard Cody say like he doesn't even know how the veto works. Like we can't like rely on this guy. Yeah, I don't. I don't love it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he, he has a strategy um, because nobody nobody respects him. In the yeah, game. exactly. You need, you need respect in mm-hmm. the game, not only at the end when people vote for you in the jury, yeah, but also when you're playing the game. Because yeah. if you don't, if people don't respect you, they're not going to listen to you. Exactly, um, and you will have no influence over the course of of how the game plays out. Yeah, exactly. And he he could have come in here playing the game as hard as anyone else. No one has seen his game. They don't know what to compare it to. They don't know. They don't have any preconceived notions about how he's going to play. They don't know if he's a comp beast. Obviously, they assume he's not because the two comps he played in last season, he lost. But just playing the dumb guy who has never experienced it, uh, (laughs) like in that conversation he had with Cody, where Cody called him Kevin like twice um david's just like or cody's like yeah i I might pick you for a veto so you can experience everything you said you wanted to experience everything it's like no this is not a charity case where we just let everyone have an hoh for fun just because they've never been hoh it's like i don't know i think he needs to stop that because like you said he no one has respect for him and so it's going to be he's going to be just an easy person to get out one week yeah. All right. That's what we have for you today. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, yeah. Asia, where can people find you? Yeah. So people can find me on Twitter. I am Asia like Asia. So A Y S H A like A S I A. Um, you can definitely find me there or Instagram. I post a lot of fun stuff. Um, just what's going on with my life. So that's Asia like the continent. A Y S H A like the continent. All right. Uh, mm. We'll also be live tonight after the episode to recap the Sunday night episode. I still don't know exactly when it's going to be on, but that's fine. Uh, Just look out for it after the episode whenever um and uh if uh if you want to know when we'll be live uh you can follow me on twitter at armstrong taren um you can also find me on twitch twitch.tv slash taren armstrong i will also be back tomorrow morning at 11 a.m eastern to update you on everything that happens today on the big brother 22 live feeds thank you so much once again for joining us we'll see you next time bye hello 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.